we're talking about? Let's. Oh, we're Sports live. Sports the Fears episode fifteen. Let's go. We got Daniel Quijano. We got Ryan Zolin. This is gonna be a crazy one, guys. I am doing a bunch of stuff I've never done before. Literally. So we got. So we got Daniel, who I've interviewed before, who uh, like was absolutely amazing. I've just seen his vibe and how he did it with Marlon when I, we had him on the podcast. And I just wanted to like, tr- I want him to like be a guest host and be keeps, if he keeps coming on and showing the consistency I know he has, then he might, he'll probably end up being a co-host. So I'm going to test it out right here. It's going to be something new. It's going to be amazing. Ryan Zolin, the host of the Millionaire Before 30 podcast, also just such a beast in general. Like, I'd say probably the most successful Astro student. Like, I don't know anybody who's beating you. Like, the only person who maybe would be Curtis, but I don't even think so. So, absolute beast, a killer in Arizona, killing it on the MLS. Bro, let's just start it off. How'd you, how'd you, oh, also, Daniel, I'm going to give you full reign to interrupt me anytime here on after you are 100 percent take you up on that (laughs) so interrupt me if you want to i got you Um, ryan how'd you get into real estate bro Ooh, the million dollar question Uh, literally uh, it's uh it's so weird like this is like the third show i'm doing today so i'm like it's bounced around for me what do they say (laughs) Uh, no, so dude, I, I started 18 just fresh out of high school. I like had no idea anything about life, how it worked, uh, what to do. I mean, at this point, keep in mind, obviously fresh out of high school, never bought a car, never bought a house. I mean, I had a credit card, but it was like limited at like 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like I had no idea how to do anything and real estate just kind of presented itself as an option. I went to like one of those rich dad, poor dad seminars when I was a senior in high school, Classic. Um, but I just right over my head, no idea what anything was said. Um, but I just figured I'd try real estate out. College wasn't in the cards. And at the time, it just seemed like it was the best option to just go for. So I did that. So was it real estate investing? Or no, was I it off with a traditional real estate agent. So I was like the guy that would show homes. I actually originally started as like an ISA, where my job was to make calls all day long. So okay. I was working like 10, 12 hour days, just hitting the phone, setting up appointments for real estate agents to actually go and be the realtors. And then I slowly phased out of that. I was like, yo, I, uh, I'm not going to be just setting this up because I'm getting paid like small fractions of what the realtor are getting and I am licensed. So I can do this myself. So I ended up going and finding a guy that kind of like took me under his wing. And then, I mean, <laughs> the whole story gets crazy, but he was a mentor for a year. We were the number three. Let's team get crazy. Club. Dude, let's do it. <laughs> so he was a mentor, mentee relationship with me. He kind of took me under his wing and was like, Hey, I'll show you the ropes of traditional real estate, commercial real estate, business broker transactions, everything but the investment side. So I was able to kind of start off as a traditional agent doing that for my first two years with him. And then we became business partners. We had 20 real estate agents that worked for us on my team. It was like super intimidating now looking at it for a 19 year old. And I was just super unhappy. My mindset wasn't where it needed to be. And I just felt like I was like doing a lot for a little. So that's when wholesaling kind of presented itself to me just through a mutual friend in the industry. And he was like, yo, just come take a chance on it. I ended up jumping under like him at an MLM brokerage. And uh, yeah, I don't even know. I just kind of back, backed up into wholesaling, I guess, is the best way to say it. So um, go back. Yeah. I'm going to interrupt you. So Please, go back go real back quick. You said, you said that your mindset wasn't right. Yeah. Like you were transferring. Explain that more. 
Yeah. So, I mean, at a young age, when you're 19 and you're in charge of people that are twice your age, it's very intimidating to start. But then also when I was the one outworking, outperforming, and I don't know, I just kind of, I sucked it up, I guess. Like they wanted to take the weekend off. It just didn't make sense to keep putting in all that work for, okay, well, I'm going to make 30% as a team, but then I've got to split that 30% in the middle with the business partner. And then when you break it all down to what our production was compared to what I was putting in, I was again outperforming the entire team. So I was like, I need to level up and I'm sorry, but like, I'm kind of capped here. Like these like three to five transactions a month as a realtor, this is a lot of work while managing the team. And I think my best year, I made like 130 with that. It just didn't, didn't make sense. So. Right. I gotcha. So I'm just curious, was it just more, when you say mindset issues, was it just more that like you realized you were capped and you're like, dude. Limiting beliefs that wholesaling couldn't be done. The brokerage didn't support it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more of just like, man, can I actually do this at a high level? Is this like, is this it? Am I peaking in real estate at 19 years old with a team of 20 people while being a top performing team at the brokerage at $130,000 a year? I mean, most people would be very comfortable with that. I've always had like this drive and ambition to do like more, even when I get to where I want to be, it's like, what's the next step? So I think where I was, it was just like, okay, well, if all my other friends that I know and I'm meeting are starting to tell me they can do numbers of $400,000 wholesaling, while I capped out at 130 and the way that he works with having kids and wife and a team himself, like I'm doing something wrong. And so it was more of just realizing and challenging myself to that there was more out there. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. Was do, you think that was, do you think that was innate or do you think that was, uh, or do you think like that drive to like want more? Cause this is something I've thought about too. Yeah. And Daniel, you can tell me what you think about this also is like, I think there's something a little bit innate about it, about like just being like, dude, this nine to five is so whack. Like, I mean, a realtor is quite nine to five, but like, this is just yeah. like, yeah, I could do this work like two hours a day. Uh, really? Cause it's like, it's eight hours quote unquote, but it's not right. really, it's more like three to two to five depending on the job and and this is just a question i've pondered where i'm like is this innate or like could somebody or is there like something environmental that like could be done about it i'd like to i hear anything from you have the right culture around you and the right people like surrounding yourself like you are who you surround yourself with so i mean i can tell you who i was even when i first got into real estate hanging out with a bunch of people that i was friends with in high school compared to now I mean, my group went like, but now real estate group when I first started was also pretty big. Now it's like I've shrunk back down to even, okay, I've got like my really good core in real estate. Like, I think, I think anybody can form that. It's just that how bad do they want it? And if they have the vision of what their why is, like, if you're, if you're not doing this for a strong enough passion, I don't know if you'll ever truly form it either. Gotcha. Well, I think that's a good question, right? Because, you know, sure. you mentioned your, your friends in high school. And then you yeah. transition into this real estate thing where mm-hmm. all of your friends in high school going into real estate and pursuing that career, or, or were you one of the few in that group that went that direction? I was the only one, dude. It wasn't until like a year ago that I started like connecting pieces. So many people that were from my high school that are like in this industry. Now it's like, if I were to go and tell you out of all the high schools I know, I think mine actually probably has the most that are in real estate. I think it's like five or six oh, of us. Wow. Hmm. Um, but I mean, five or six, like pretty big hitters, like. Well, I Kobe think so. It's a, went there, Colby McMahon. Um, my team, I've got my assistant went there. Uh, my acquisition guy went there. My transaction coordinator went there. Like, yeah, it's weird. That's crazy. Yeah, they all went to like uh, 
um, it was like corporate jobs or they went to college or they went to trades, like one of those. Yeah, I think, well, and to, to Jonah's point, right? I, I think when we talk about stuff like this, I think there is an inherent inclination towards certain paths, right? That people have. And um, I think that what you're saying, Ryan, about finding the right environment to be able to nurture that, that's always helpful. Um, I think that that will shorten the the growth t time frame, right? That incubation right. period from from having a desire towards it being able to be successful. Um, but I think for some people, that's just it's just in them, right? Like I think that there are people, and you work with them, right? You were 19 years old overseeing this entire group of people. There were right. people who were okay with that, right? But you, as a 19 year old, were able to position yourself in a place that not only you got into a leadership role at that age, but you recognize that there was more, right? That's yeah. something that that's on the inside because there's a lot of people who would have been completely okay with $130,000 a year and having for weekends with their family. For sure, without a doubt. And I know a lot of people that even continue on that business model and they run a very successful traditional real estate team. It's just, it's a lot more legwork in my opinion. And I think if we're all working towards the same goal of financial freedom, it's kind of what Brent and I talk about on the Millionaire 430 show. It's having that true control of what time you have left on the earth. So if what, you're able to do that, I mean. What inspired you to do that podcast? Like, I'll be real. Like, I, I love you, but I'm so sorry. I haven't watched any of it yet because I, I have, like, no time for podcasts, bro. I'm, like, working on deal. I don't have time for Wholesale Hotline. I, like, like I'll listen to, like, half of an episode if I'm driving yeah. somewhere. But talk about it a little bit. What's the inspiration? Yeah. What's the story behind it? It's, it's kind of it weird because, like, part of my, like, mission in life is to create some kind of, like, a financial literacy or just a club or book or educational system, something for the younger crowd. I think I was very fortunate with the cards I was dealt and it led me down this path of real estate. Don't get me wrong. Like I came in with nothing, no connections or anything in this industry, but what I've been able to accumulate in my short years, I know is like knock on wood. And so now I know if I have this voice and this mission, I want to give back to the younger crowd. It was kind of weird, but it aligned almost perfectly where one day Annie and Jesse with batch hit me up and they were like, what are you trying to do? Like, it seems like you're doing well. It seems like you're starting to put some things together. You're posting a little bit on social media. Like, like, what is this? And so then they ended up texting me in a group thread with Brent and Brent was like, Hey, I've got this show concept of millionaire before 30. What's your opinion of it? Blah, 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 blah. We got on a whole 45 minute tangent of how I'm trying to like inspire the younger generation. And he was like, this is it. I have the platform just come. So, so when you say inspire the younger generation, what are we talking about at this point? Like, I know, I'm young. I know. About you guys. Well, who's younger than you, bro? <laughs> no, my people, bro. My people that are under 30. I'm talking anyone. You're in that category. You're my people. I'm under 30. <laughs> and not even that, man. I want, I want this to be understood. The show's information is applicable to any age. 30, right. 40, 50, 60. It's all basic financial literacy, but it's steps that some people sometimes overlook and they overcomplicate. Where if you can just kind of dumb it down, especially for the younger crowd that doesn't have any foundation of this, there's so much opportunity for them to truly take it. And like, it doesn't even need to be real estate. It could be any type of entrepreneurship. It could be trade school. Fuck, go to college. I don't care. Just don't go into debt and don't blow your money. Right. I just thought I it was that. hilarious because it just sounds like when someone when you're saying the younger generation, guys, for anyone who doesn't know Ryan, this kid, this guy's 24 years old. I'm 27 and I thought I was young, but like just hilarious. Like I, I love so it. I'm gonna say, how old do you guys think I am? Like, let's just like, I think you're this, 40, I'm, something. I'm, what would you 30? what would you say, Ryan? 29, 30. 
30? 29. I love to see. Now, this, I'm in the yeah. right spot. So I was just on the nightly dial. <laughs> that was right? the right shout answer. Out, shout out yeah. to the nightly dial crew. There's 125 people in there when I left. It's an amazing hands with some great closers. And a bunch of people said that I was in my, my early 30s, too. So I love you guys. I think it's the camera. I'm 39. I'm 39. I turned 40. Right. I, I was pretty damn close. I said 40. Yeah. Um, but you know, here's the thing, Ryan, I love your mission. So a big part of one of my goals as well, right? So I come from a different aspect of it. I think you and I are probably similar in that. So my mom, when I was 16 years old, my mom was like, go get a job at McDonald's. I started selling rainbow vacuum cleaners, right? Cause my head couldn't comprehend, like I'm gonna outwork you cause I'm better than you. And we're gonna get right. paid the same thing. That's not gonna work. Right. No way. No way. Um, but I came from like a little bit tougher environments, right? Like, you know, we didn't, there was not a lot of opportunities. I joined the military at 17 mainly because of that. Um, and so it's always been a passion of mine to what you're talking about, right? Like bring something back. Cause I don't think people realize there is really good opportunities out there, right? Like I hear stories about people doing maybe little, maybe not so character driven decisions in real estate. And it's like, why? You can make so much freaking money in real estate just doing it straight up. Like you could change generations. And so if we can demonstrate that character, combine that with the opportunity and put that into a package to people who don't really realize what's out there. I mean, that's, that's how you that's how you change things. That's it. It's all about that generational wealth. And I mean, I always say real estate's the vehicle. I named my meetup after this. I named my podcast, which I failed miserably at that, but it's coming back like my entire brand aside from my companies is rolling with Zolan. It's not just because it rhymes. It is that real estate is my vehicle and it's what allows me to take my community, my family, my friends, my employees, all of them together towards the greater good. So I love it, bro. It's so cool. I mean, I love it. I just, dude, I just love for me, at least with real estate, just meeting all of these cool people. Just it's like, yeah, there's some bad apples, but at least in almost everything I've ever done, I haven't seen so many go-givers. Like, I don't know, like, like Daniel, yeah. you've had more experience and you probably did more than either of us. Like I did like, I did the Peace Corps before real estate, but I, most of my career has been in real estate. I think same with Ryan, like, like you might even be able to talk about this. Like, is there any other industry where people are just this dope? Honestly. Uh, I've yet to find it. I think like a lot of MLMs, depending on the culture, they have a good- Oh, you were saying you worked for MLM, my bad. Yeah, I was, I was there under, it was a brokerage though. It was still in real estate. Okay. And so I think like any MLM I would say is if they have a good culture and a good core mission and a path to lead people to the promised land of whatever that mission statement is, mm-hmm. I would say that that would be the closest thing to it. Aside from that, maybe like a church, but, but yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. I think you got to say real estate's up there, man. It's a, yeah. it's a special place. And I'm very, very fortunate to be in Phoenix where it's the hub of a lot of these big guru and heavy hitters. And I think that's what almost made me kind of elevate my game at such a young age. Like when you're around the Pace Morbys, the Brent Daniels, the Steve Trangs, Jamil Damjis, Sean Terry, Robert Kiyosaki. I mean, I could keep going. Like there's so many people out here that I was like, man, how do I find like my lane? And it's cool though. I love it. They're all go-givers. They're all genuine people on and off camera. I haven't found somebody that's like different in the industry. So there's bad apples, but that's any, any uh, work. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. Right. Like I, I have worked in quite a few different industries. Um, and that's one of the things that I love the most about real estate is because it is very purpose driven. Now, has yeah. it always been like this? I don't know. I don't know. But maybe it's just this generation, this school 
uh, of real estate people, right? The names that he just named and forward. Maybe that was where that trend was. Like, let's just go give. Let's squat up. Let's, you know, let's, right. let's, whatever, whatever was the, the precipice of that culture, um, it's carried over. And I love it because in my consulting days, I used to try to encourage this with local businesses to work with one another, to squat up and partner together uh, for marketing and branding purposes. And it was just such a hard paradigm shift for them. They wouldn't get it. I'm like, you're two doors down from a coffee shop and you're an art gallery. Put your art in their coffee shop. Have them do art, you know, put a, do a pop-up shop in your gallery. Like this just right. makes sense. And awesome. it was like, I had to sell them on this idea. Then you come to real estate and it's like, you got a deal? I got a buyer. Why don't we just JV? You know what I mean? Everybody makes 10, 20 grand and then we're off to the next deal. Like, and so I love that that's an expected requirement. It's almost becoming a prerequisite. Like you're the weird person if you're not trying to collaborate and do things at a good and high level with other people. And I love that. Literally. Yeah, bro. So I was curious because I, I totally get the purpose of the podcast, but this is something like I think I would love to know and just the audience in general, because Brent Daniels, I mean, he's he's pretty freaking up there. Like I know, like I know you've obviously been doing dope shit. How does one like how do how do you how do you connect with people who are just super high up there? Or like I at least I consider like like those people yeah. who are like doing insane amount of deals, like like a lot of people, especially if you're just starting out, like what do I what do I have to offer them? How does one connect with yeah. them? Yeah, so I mean, it, it all comes down to value. Um, you got to remember that from the start. And also, like I said, I mean, so the whole thing with him was that I was making noise with already doing the business. I just kept my head down and I wasn't focused on other people. I wasn't focused on, hey, I need to impress so-and-so. I need to get in this circle. Of course, there was guys that I saw on social media stuff that were like doing well, but like just tunnel vision. Um, so he reached out to me. Like the thing that I was doing properly was that I was bringing value to the marketplace. He knew that I was a young guy that was out there inspiring and like even putting things together, even though I wasn't really bringing that much of a community and I didn't have that much say over things, I was still like, I'll just tell people what I'm doing. I'll document the journey. Like Gary Vee always says, I'll right. just be posting on social media. Hey, astro flipping. That was one of the biggest things I was able to get into this, into this program as one of the first students. And I made a very, very strong commitment to Josiah Grimes. And I was like, bro, the minute I figure this out, I will give everything I have, my time, effort, energy, everything to this community. Just let me let me get there. And once I did it, I was able to do that. I was able to fulfill what I had said, and I was able to pour into that community the way I do. So it was like I kind of felt like I had a natural gift to get up on a on a stage and kind of just help those around me, even if it meant like I was only here and they felt like they were just still at the beginning. I can help you get back up here too. We'll all level up together, as Daniel was just saying, squatting up. And I just realized that um, – I don't know. I felt like when I got in that room, it was, what, what else am I going to do? I'm not going to go and like try to pretend to be somebody that I wasn't that got me in that room to begin with. I just kept it up. I walked in. I mean, you could watch the first few episodes. You'll see that I was very like, where am I? Where am I? Where am I? It wasn't, if it wasn't for Brent giving me that chance on Millionaire Before 30, I probably would have never been like so camera comfortable, like just hopping on shows, hopping, talking about myself, posting more content, hiring a content person, starting a course, like, I wouldn't have done all that if I didn't get the chance to get in that room. So I think to answer your question, it's just, I was me. I don't know. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, I can go. So what I got out of that is yeah. that because he had to have found you somehow. Right. Yeah. And the way you did that is you documented everything. That was like the key that I heard. 
And, and that is like you. So go into that a little bit because I'm learning how to do that when, I mean, me and Daniel know this, when we went to the mastermind, like we spent just a day with Pace talking about the importance of putting yourself out there and like putting out content and like, it just does not have to be good at all. Like I, I totally feel you like the first time, the first couple episodes that I did this, this podcast, it was pretty mediocre our sound was screwed up for the first 10 minutes. That's why I always now I'm like, we need to get in a little bit early to figure out what's happening there. Um, and like it, and it's always a process, but especially for me, when I started like before real estate, I always, I had a bad mindset about social media. I was like, the type of people that's like post on social media, they're just bragging. They're like doing it to inflate their own egos. I think, I think a lot of people had that. I had that. So I'll start with this first question is like for anybody who might feel that way, that like it's more about bragging, it's more to make themselves feel good. What would you have to say to a person who kind of thinks of social media like that? Um, so I'll start it off by saying I don't like social media. I think social media can be a very toxic place. What I've been challenged with a lot recently is that I think social media could actually be whatever you want it to be. So unfollow the people that are giving you that negative energy or making you feel like bad about yourself. Or if you're following those guys that are posting the watches, the cars, the bottle service, the fancy dinners, and it's making you feel like you're not where you're supposed to be, unfollow that. You don't need to post that same kind of stuff. I mean, what's that saying? It's like people spend money they don't have to buy things they don't like to impress people or whatever the tower that shit goes. Like it's the same concept. You don't need to do that at all. Be you. Now, don't get me wrong. I should probably dive in a little bit here. There is some strategy with social media and content. You can definitely do what Gary Vee says and all these like guys will tell you, oh, just post it. It doesn't matter if it's good or if it's not. It has to be okay. If it's like grainy Android shit and it's breaking up and it's muffled. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Daniel. Uh-oh. Is that mean for you, bro, Mr. Android? I have both. Okay. It's more of like the people that just felt like I've never seen them pick up a phone before. And it's like, they're like holding it yeah. like this, and it's covering the speakers. And then it's like the words don't align with what it's supposed to. Like, there's a little bit of work that has to be done. And if you can't do that, Upwork, Fiverr, problem solved in today's day and age. There's people that will do it for you for $2, $3. You can figure out how to do content consistently. That's what doesn't need to be good. It doesn't need to be some page that has all these perfect themes and colors just post, mm -hmm. just throw yeah. stuff out there. The best advice I got when I was trying to get bigger on social media and I started actually doing the show with Brent like every week, Jamil came to me and he's like, dude, be loud. And I was like, damn, okay, like that one stuck to me. And so I was just like, I gotta go up there. I just gotta talk my message. I gotta be confident in what I do, but also like just be you, like be the personality, be Jonah, be Daniel, be the guy. Cause no two people are gonna be the same on social media. Just document, yep. have fun with it and show people the real you, you'll be surprised how many people are going to resonate and they're going to reach out because they want to squat up with you. I think there's two things that are really, really important there. Two, two points that I think people should really like actually write this down, right? Uh, if you haven't already. One, you guys both said the same thing, right? What he was just talking about with social media, but also what got his attention from the Brent Daniels of the world, which was he was just his authentic self, right? You know, there's nothing wrong with faking it till you make it to a point, right? But I promise you this, being real will get you much farther than faking it will 99% of the time, right? Um, 
because especially now, because we live in such a high content era where people have seen everything over and over again. You know what we haven't seen? Originality. We haven't seen is authenticity. And the cool thing, which is to Ryan's point, is authenticity is not duplicatable because we all have our own brands, right? We were born uh, originals. Don't die a copy. You know what I mean? Like, just continue to be your best self. And that will always be the differentiator. And here's what it does. It solves a bunch of problems in your life. Because as you grow in business, and I know you guys can attest to this, you know, you're going to have people that want to attach themselves to you because you have a brand, because you have X, right? And it gets really difficult. And my guess is, and, and you guys are welcome to speak on this, maybe we could talk about this for a minute, is especially when you're younger, it becomes really difficult to differentiate. Like, I don't want to be the douchebag, but I'm not really getting the best vibes from over here. Yeah. Um, but okay, let me give them a shot. And the next thing you know, you got, you know, wolves in sheep clothing. This is a thing yeah. that happens, right? And so how, why am I saying it? Well, one great way to, to, to weed all that stuff out is there are people that are just not your people. They're just not going to be your people. You guys can be cool. High five from a distance. Right. But we're not going to we're not going to do deals together because you and I don't operate in the same wavelength. Well, how do you find that out? By being your authentic self. Because if you're out here posturing, trying to be something you're not, you're going to attract people that aren't fit for you. And what you find yourself doing, especially if you don't have experience in the game or in business or in life, is you find yourself saying, well, this just doesn't work. I just don't like that industry. I don't like that vibe. Well, it wasn't the industry that was the problem. It was the way you presented yourself in the industry, right? And so to Ryan's point, be your authentic self on and off camera, because that's going to not only dictate the relationships you have, but the following that you have. And you don't have to worry about people falling off because they were following you for you. And when you're you on your good and your bad days, they're still going to be there. It's always the right formula. 100%, bro. I mean, this is what I was thinking. I mean, dude, if I had not had the mindset issues that I was just talking about with social media, and when I had just started doing cold calls, I had put it on social media, bro. I would, do you know how many like, like newer people would kill for somebody who just sucks to have the bravery to just put it on there and just be like, here's me sucking for all of today. I just, this is my first day. Here's day one. For sure. And here's day two. And then here's day three and day four. Like, could you imagine how much value that would be if it was like, I'm, this is the first day I've ever cold called my entire life. I'm going to record it. I'm going to record all of it. I'm going to record all of it for the next three months. And then you're going to see me get a deal. For sure. Right. I think it'd be really cool to see a collage of like watching, like it's almost in one video where it shows it's you like, so one, like one week, one month, one year, one, so on and so forth. So that way. Yeah. It's those weight loss so pictures in front of the mirror over the whole Same year. thing. Right? Yep. Literally the same thing, bro. I love that. That would be huge. But hey, look, I got to forget. I said there was two parts. Here's the second part. Ryan said it. Figure it out. Guys, problem solve. (laughs) The amount of people I see get stuck and it's like, well, I just didn't know what. Google it. Like, what are you talking? Like, Google Google is a whole search engine. You push the buttons and then it'll tell you how to over. Don't get stopped by certain things that are really not obstacles. Mm hmm. Yep. And if you really can't figure it out, just squat up with somebody too. Like I, I promise you, any of us can tell you how to make sure you're not just dropping the camera in the middle of the Instagram story. 100%. Like we, yep. we can help you out. Like I did that with, um, who did I ask? I asked one of my really good friends who's not in real estate, but loves social media. I was like, bro, 
how am I supposed to do all of this fancy stuff? And he's like, okay, here's what you do. Here's how you like click the music thing. So you got dope music when you got like a flip going, like everybody does and stuff yeah. like that. I, I guarantee you, you people have somebody in your network who knows how to use social media, Guaranteed. even, even if, cause I think that's a harder thing for older people generally older than you, even Daniel, I'm playing, but like emphasis on the even <laughs> emphasis on the even, but like, re, like, cause there are people in this who are like 50 or 60 and that this is like, that's like a whole different world for them. Mm-hmm. So really like I'd say squat up with, I'd say, I mean, I would be like, I would, if anybody wants to hit me up ever, I'll give you like a quick Instagram lesson or at least find an article for you on how to do it in YouTube videos and stuff. Um, it's not, crazy hard it's like honestly yeah. pretty easy to so figure it's out the habit, though, right yeah there it is it's consistency that's my like full transparency like i'm not i'm a by nature i talk a lot but i'm also a very private dude right so i just like i'm just not let me go i don't think to put this out there and I, that's a habit that i have to change but to older people 60 50 60 and above they actually have an advantage because they're a, they're a minority in the in the in that in that hmm. ecosystem right so they actually stand out a lot better. Because, yeah you yeah. stand out mm-hmm. yeah just all fine. they gotta do is just get over it and do it like i think what's gonna shake everything up it's gonna be the it space they're not gonna really keep up it's gonna be some kind of huge disconnect okay so th- i wanted to hear about this because you talked a little bit about this pre-podcast where you were talking about how you're doing a bunch of NFT stuff. Yeah. And I had no, I thought your Instagram photo with the little robot was just you being like, cool, getting into graphic design or something. But w- what is this, bro? Yeah. So I, I, can I cuss? <laughs> you, you can, yeah, just go I for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I won't. Um, I, I definitely mess around heavy in the uh, NFT space. I think that that is a hundred percent where the future is going to be. Uh, crypto and everything, I wasn't really too much in for the last like year or so. It was just recently, the last six months, seven months. And I've only really invested in a few coins, stuff in the too crazy, it's usually the bigger ones. Uh, but NFTs, dude, I mean, it's the future. Title companies are gone, contracts are gone, proof of being places is gone, art itself is going to be all digital form. To me, the same thing as sports cards, just going to be trading different uh, NFTs. It's, it's already happening. I've got over six figures in NFTs and crypto. Uh, <clears throat> I think it's going to be the way of the future, 100%. So I'm incorporating it into my course that's going to be out. And it's, I mean, we're going to shake some things up. Let's do it. So I gotta, I'm going to keep on the NFT, but we're going to go back to the course too, because you were talking about that. But I do want to keep to the NFTs. So are you planning on using, like, like I've definitely heard about all this stuff with NFTs, where like yeah. you will be able, why even need a title company if it's in the blockchain type of stuff, right? Which will be sick. That is going to be cool eventually. Are you right now just investing to like flip NFTs or are you like actually incorporating the, the idea of an NFT into your real estate business right now? Both. So I am flipping NFTs, I have buy and hold NFTs, and then I incorporated NFTs into my course. So it's two separate, the course is one, NFTs are separate, uh, but there's like a giveaway for the first 500 people that buy $5,000 version of the course, they get an NFT, which gives access. What I'm trying to ask is, is like, do you have an NFT I can buy right now? Like a Ryan Zolan NFT 
gives me access to you for a five minute phone call. Like what it, what, that's what I'm trying to understand here. I do. So what are you saying, bro? (laughs) There's multiple NFT brackets. There's going to be the first one that is like the tier level, the base, which is going to be what the 500 get when they buy the course. This gives access to a private channel in discord where we're going to be doing videos like this. We're going to be breaking down deals. We're going to be doing like exclusive content and answering questions priority first over just my general chat and discord. Um, And they also get access to private events every year. That private event, we are now in with athletes in the NFL, MLB, NBA, and then I'm working on NHL. But we're in with them and some celebrities, and I've already got agreements from a few of them where they're going to be coming out to our events, hanging out, um, bringing a couple of their friends from networking and stuff like that. And I'm going to create some massive community for people that are trying to get in where maybe a quick little NFT access to an event of mine once a year. They get to come meet some celebrities and athletes, take some photos with them. But more importantly, they want to invest into real estate. So it's almost like an interview, but I'm basically putting everybody together and saying, collaborate. So there's that. And then some of the other NFT tiers, they get to basically JV deals with us. They get to come out to the office 10 days a year, uh, all that fun stuff. All I heard from that was basically, I'm going to get to meet LeBron James and talk about real estate. We're working on a few things. So, so Jono, we need to we need to go in. We need to go half seas and buy uh buy one of Ryan's end of it because I'm sure it's out of our price. Yeah, right? bro. I mean, damn. So, so, so <laughs> A, we need to go in half seas for sure. Um, but B is like terms, terms. Yeah, wait, can we get the seller financed? Can we <laughs> seller finance this NFT real quick? Zero, zero down, uh, no interest. <laughs> um so, okay, just real quick, just because I like this type of stuff and I feel like this is nothing that I ba- barely talk about NFTs and I'm going to go off my limited knowledge. Sure. Basically, the reason, and tell me if I'm wrong anywhere, you're selling your course through an NFT, right? Like you actually buy the NFT, then you get access yeah, to the No. So the NFT is separate from the course. Okay. Yeah. So so okay so then i might have missed it what are you are you is the course just about what nfts are or are you actually uh, selling an so, nft for those parties and stuff so like the course itself is agent investors it is all right. about how to work with real estate agents and how to do mls deals on a monthly basis gotcha that is the course when you buy the course it gives you the nft if you buy the top version of the course and then that gives you access to me through discord and those events gotcha okay yeah. gotcha I'm trying to do that separate so it's not like they buy the course and then it follows with community of like coaching calls and stuff like that. I want to do it a little bit different than what is already out there with a lot of the other gurus, not just in Arizona, but throughout the entire country. Gotcha. Okay. And then just to double check, because I'm I'm still grasping around NFTs. Sure. The reason you're doing it through an NFT that like the extra part of the course mm-hmm. is because once they like, why not just make it like, what's your reasoning for why not just making it, you bought it, now you get access instead of like actually selling a token. For so you. the NFT itself yeah. is gonna be the future. Um, I've got some plans that I'm not gonna go too in depth with on here yet, um, but it's all like, I've got a five and 10 year plan here with the NFTs. I think that if this goes the way that I think it might, um, these NFT holders are gonna be like my prime focus of what my community is. I'm gonna have my Facebook, my Instagram, my TikTok, all my social media sites but my NFTs and my Discord will be first and foremost. So I'm going to um, do that so that they, one, have something to label themselves as part of this community. Two, it, right now. two, it's good to be able to have them have something to be able to trade back and forth. And if I bring enough value, the NFT value should be going up as well. 
And then the last part is that if the NFTs are the future, I think it'd be better to be in now and have people be able to identify if they were part of this community from the front. So. Gotcha. Cool. Ooh, I, bro. I love know what I love about that too. <laughs> What's that Here's what I like, right? And I've been saying this for the, for like the last six months, right? Um, and maybe this is just me, you know, rubbing the crystal ball, right? But I really feel like the next year, year and a half of of this landscape, the real estate landscape, it's going to change. It's changing, period. Um, and I think that it's the people like us that come and are part of these communities who are thinking, you know, uh, in the future, we're going to be, we're on the forefront of this change. Um, and there's so many cool projects like this. I'm working on right one right now. We're supposed to be launching in the next week or week or so. Um, it's not NFT yet. We're not there yet. But it's just this unique out of the box way that we're kind of, you know, just getting into the space, fractionalizing things and just really getting creative. Right. Because what's the what's the what's the requirement to do great things in this world? It's innovation. Right. We have to be willing to be innovative. We've got to challenge the status quo and then go out and just try new shit. That's really what it comes down to. And I think it's easy to get stagnant, especially in a place like real estate where you're like, I'm making multiple seven figures. Some people making seven figures monthly. We're good with what we have. But, you know, there's a change coming. And it's a tidal wave of people like Ryan and other people, the paces and all these other people who are out here thinking different. And we're going to be the ones that that create this change. Real estate is going to look different. So why not be us that are redesigning that uh, that format? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And I mean, I'm, I've got like, you know, 70 years. So I mean, I might as well start off on a good foot and make a difference. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're like literally in the middle of puberty still. So you got plenty I mean, of time. I think I could still grow, honestly. Your, your brain is I, yeah. technically not fully developed, dude. you still got a year for Yo, that. By the time his podcast <laughs> takes off, he'll have a full mustache, which is cool. Damn. Right? I think I don't know. Wait, let's zoom him up. Can you can you grow? Could you grow a beard? No, he uh, I, uh, I can't zoom you up. I, don't know how to do. I, I can grow the fucking or sorry, the best You're good, bro. the best patchiest beard in the entire world. So that, yeah, it's like a true, true 24 year old. That's good I enough. I'm getting so, I'm sending send me your address. I'm gonna hit you with the flannel. <laughs> so you got the flannel and the patchy beard. I love it. Dude. So here's a classic question I like asking people that show up on the podcast, because I think it's a really, really good question. When you if yourself right now, what would what would you say to your 18 year old self who just graduated high school is about to start being an agent? Like, what's the what's like the one piece or a couple pieces of advice where you what you would tell them to do or how like whatever you would tell them if you could talk to that? Uh, yeah. past Ryan right now. For sure. Um, I mean, there's a few things. One, look into wholesaling. <laughs> two, <laughs> two is going to be patience, not expecting everything to just come right away. Focus. Don't get distracted looking at other people and what they're doing. Don't compare your chapter one to somebody else's chapter 15. And then the fourth and final one is just, it's going to get worse before it gets better. So you're going to have to be able to weather the rain or what does it say? Weather the storm, be able to make it through the rain, something like that. To make yeah. You guys get the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's going to be that kind of stuff. Like it's, it's something that's more just everything's all right. Just keep going. Rome wasn't built in a day. I'm fine. So why, why do you say those? Cause I, I like, I like hearing the reasons why. Yeah, I think I mean, it goes back to what we were just talking about on social media. Um, let's, let's not sugarcoat it. I'm not going to say I'm some 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, even 24 year old that doesn't go on social media and be like, 
that's a damn cool Ferrari. I'm not a car guy, but that guy is doing really well. Good for him. Go to the page, scroll through, man, how are, how am I not this, 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 this. Mm-hmm. And it's even advice to myself today, not even let alone 18, 24 year old Ryan, like even focus. I had to have a conversation yesterday with the guy or two days ago with a guy on my team. I'm like, I need to like just focus on two things. I've got like nine streams of income and I need to focus on two. And it's, I don't know, focus is the easiest one. Um, I don't know, everything with patience, everybody wants, we're in a now environment, Amazon Prime, yeah. I mean, buy all your videos, everything, and you're no longer going out to Blockbuster. You're not even going and buying it or renting it at, at Walgreens outside the little red box anymore. Like everything you're doing is instant. So, so eighteen years old, no, whatever. Yeah, eighteen years old. I I was at least fortunate that I wasn't the guy in real estate that clicked my heels together after three months and was like, "I'm not a millionaire." The hell! I knew it was gonna take long work, but um, I mean, I just I knew it all was about who I knew rather than <laughs> what I knew. I could learn, especially with the time I had. And then as for wholesaling, I mean. I've got a few friends that started up right when they were 18 that were wholesaling that they have a lot more up on me where they've just got more experience in the investment side where the money was at. Now, I think it gave me the foundation of being a realtor first and understanding kind of where my course is today and my specialty about MLS deals. I probably wouldn't have had that forte had I not been a realtor first. But if I was able to add the wholesaling tool to the tool belt at an earlier age, while my focus was still being a realtor, I would have been able to, I think, surpass where I'm even at today if I had done that maybe a year or two before. So... Gotcha. But, I mean, it all aligned. Like, it's like the weirdest story. My whole freaking timeline, it's like everything that was supposed to happen just did over and over again. Like, even like I just said, a year or two before wholesaling, I probably wouldn't have fell into Astro. Right. So it's wow. just, it's it, whatever's up there has a plan. And if you just have patience and you follow it and you do the right thing, get 1% better every day, you're going to be fine. So. I feel it, man. I mean, like, honestly, I've, I honestly so feel you on the sense of everything you said. Focus being so important. It was really important for me because I was, it took me a long time because I was kind of doing direct to seller and agents, yeah. like kind of half and half with Astro and then just like the regular way. And then when I went full agents, it started clicking. And eventually I'll bring back direct to seller, but I 100% feel you on focus. And I also just 100% really like what you're talking about with it's going to be okay. That's what I really, really wish I could tell myself because it's so hard when you're like broke, right? Or like when you're, you have no idea what you're doing and you're hungry and you're like, fuck, like I need, I need this, like I wanted this yesterday. Like, like it's not just, it's not just like, like the patience to become a millionaire for sure. But then also like, damn, like I could use, I could use a check right now for, for something like that. Yep. Um, I had my back up against the wall too, man. I mean, it's, it, that's what I think makes you, it's the sink or swim. You've got to like brace yourself. I always tell people in real estate specifically, you have to live lean, but then also at all times you have to have six months of reserved. So, I mean, especially when you're first getting started, it could take a minute and it's, it's scary when you're backed up against the wall, but that's where it truly defines who you are as a person. You're going to get through it. You're going to understand that as long as you're getting 1% better every day, even the worst case scenario, whatever it could play out as it's going to be okay. Right. Yeah. I think that's something that's really worth really kind of digging into though, because you know, you say it defines who you are as a person. I agree, but I think it also shapes who you are as a person. Absolutely. Um, When we talk about that patience, I think a lot of people undervalue the importance of failure right 
Regret can be a really, really dangerous thing, right? I would love that I found this game when I was 20 years old. I, my life would be completely different, but maybe my life wasn't supposed to be that different, right? Maybe the person that I am, which is going to be the thing that's going to allow me to accomplish the things that I'm going to accomplish in this world, wouldn't exist had I not gone through some of the struggles right. that I went through, right? Sure. And so I think that there's a lot of people, some like it's 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 the sayings that we hear, right? Like, you know, iron sharpens iron, but not without friction, right? Diamond is not created without pressure. Gold is not, you know, uncovered without a fire. Like anything worth something has to go through something, not just go through something, but usually go through something extreme. And to the extent of the extreme pressure that it went through will de de determine its value on the back end. So guys, don't hop out the oven too quick and try to go to the microwave because you just get rubbery, right? You know, sometimes you got to be willing to go through Ooh, it. Damn, bro. Like, what was that? Like a rap line? <laughs> I'm writing that one down. Don't get, yo, stay in the, what was it? Stay. Don't get out of the oven too quickly and hop into the microwave and become rubbery. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that was sick. <laughs> uh, there you go. So, so yeah, so, so the, the moral of the story is sometimes the process is the process and it is a requirement to get where we need to go. So don't skirt it, experience it, live in that moment and take every freaking thing out of it that you can. Cause guess what? Life has this unique way of recognizing when you jumped out too soon and putting you right back in, right into another situation until you learn that lesson. And I think there's going to be some people out here who are listening to this podcast and they're like, I keep going through the same thing over and over again. And I can't figure out why it's because you keep trying to get out, find the lesson, learn it. So you don't have to go back there again. Love that. Honestly, never get out of the oven. Like just never, like, I mean, like seriously, like never yeah. get out of the oven and go into a bigger oven is really what it should be. It's like you you always need to be failing. If you're not failing, then you're not growing. It's it's physically impossible to grow without fail. If if you're not doing things you've never done before, then you're not growing. You're just cruising or going down. It's For like sure. I don't think it's possible to like grow nope. without Fail being forward. in that oven. Without a doubt. Like yep. honestly. So, yeah, like I so okay. I'm going to do I'm going to do like a little not I won't do role play. I'm just going to ask it like this. So I'm curious because for for me, I'm I'm not like like I I bet all three of us get newer people because we've been shouted out by like Jamil and you and like Pace and you've been shouted out by Brent and like all these people. So every once in a while, like people are like, hey, I saw you on this thing. Like, like, how do I get started? Like, what should I do? I'm curious, like, what are the things you mentioned what you would say to yourself, which I bet it's similar is like focus, like, like, um, be patient, stay in the oven. I'm curious, like, what, what do you say on the real estate side, both if there's anything left with mindset stuff, and then also with like, physically, what are the steps that I should take if I want to be doing what you're doing? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I mean, last part of mindset, again, double down, focus, don't get distracted. Uh, you're going to see a lot of money come in and you're going to start comparing yourself. You can't do that. You got to just double down again on your daily activities, your green time, what's money making activities and how often can you be doing that throughout the day? If you have the ability to do this full time, you're at an advantage of somebody to, that's just starting that has part time ability. 
really just focus on again green time activities the next thing are you talking to realtors no okay that's that's where you're gonna start i talked about it all on the show today millionaire before 30 that was literally what i would do the topic today was how to get a deal with working with realtors in seven days so go into facebook groups start squatting up to people post out there asking for help ask for realtor connections ask for title uh investor friendly title companies reach out to those title companies who's your top performing client what investor should I know? What realtor should I know? Are there any good brokerages that I should talk to? Go out and put yourself out there. This is all free. This is zero dollars in marketing. Who you know will get you further in this industry. Go make those connections, fail forward, make mistakes, get stuck in roadblocks, bring those roadblocks to the people that are helping you and squatting up with you or your mentors. That will be more advantageous than going and pulling a list. The only other thing I could recommend that might be worth your time would be door knocking or driving for dollars. Right. But. Yeah, I think also like at least for me, it all like the I think the first thing I asked is like what you were starting with there. It's like okay, a you gotta have there are only like three things you can have: time, money, or experience. Yep. Obviously, you probably don't have experience. So like, how much money do you have? Do you like for me? I'm like if you got if you have money for Astro Sub Two, my immediate recommendation is just do one of those. Like. Like, it's just going to super boost you. If you're serious about this, like, I personally say just buy one of those courses and, like, just get into it, right? Because you're going to, it's just, those that, that support level from Pace and Jamil and just, like, the, what you learn in those courses just makes it so much easier to have, like, a whole thing that's step by step by step and, like, teaching you exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, yeah, and then if it's, and I 100% agree, if it's more, like, time and then you don't literally have no money then like it's 100 percent exactly what you're saying and like if you want to go the realtor route you gotta like it's like you gotta be talking to realtors you gotta go into the facebook groups you gotta like like it's it's like the it who said this it was like a metaphor where it's it might have been gary v where they're talking about it's like it's literally the same as like going to the gym everybody knows how to get fit it's not it's not, it's not complicated. It's just that nobody wants to do it because it hurts to go do it. For sure. But like, but like, it is so simple. It's just, it's hard, but simple. And I think real estate is the same way, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know For if you sure. have anything on that, Daniel. Sure. No, I mean, I agree a thousand percent. Um, you know, look at sub two, like literally right now. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I'm there every night, right? I left it because there's 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 other hosts that are there for four hours a night. In sub two, I run this little thing called the nightly dial, right? Where we have a bunch of closers and skilled people that are there, and Pace spent money to hire VAs, and he's calling. There, those VAs are calling leads, and people, students get to call those leads for free just to practice, right? For four hours, every single night, 20 hours a week, they can hop in and either sign up to be one of the people calling those leads or listen to how they do that. You know, I've been in sales and I've been teaching sales for a very, very long time. I don't hold anything back. I give as much good performance as if I was selling a course, right? I'm, I'm giving the same information. I'm walking people through the same mindset issues. They're giving top, getting top tier training from some of the best closers in the game in that group for free, right? Now, they had to be there. So my guess is TTP and Astro, they have their own variations of cool things like that. So to your point, Jonah, um, 
if you can get into a community, get into a community. Ryan's got a whole course and thing that he's doing, right? No question. This guy's out here at 24 years old making a decent, comfortable income for himself and for probably multiple Beyond people. Beyond comfortable. Right? Um, you know, connect with these people. But if you have nothing, but you have the, the willingness and the drive, figure it out, right? Go to a free Facebook group. Go to the Pace Morby group. Go to the free, go to any of these free groups and say, I need help. I'm willing to work. I'm, I need help. I'm willing to work. I promise you, you post enough. Don't post one time and then get mad because nobody responded, right? For that, stay home, right? Go apply at the next nine to five job, right? Because that's what you need to do. You need somebody to tell you how to, how to live your life. But if you're willing to hustle and you're willing to do the work, I promise you, you post every day. The Jonas, the Ryans, the Daniels, the Paces, the Brents of the world are going to be like, that's a hungry person. Because I can tell you this at this level, when you, you get to a point to where there's one thing that's usually that you look out for more than most outside of character, and it's consistency. And consistency is a very rare commodity. So when I see somebody that's consistent, they get my attention. Right. And I guarantee you that's the same for anybody else that you want to get their attention. Be consistent. Show yourself as consistent. Go to these three groups and offer value. Right. And I promise you, you'll get connected to the people who are in that room for four hours a day teaching other people how to close deals. Those people are looking for somebody to squat up with. Those people have leads who can't get called because they're too busy. Right. If you if they see that you're consistent, guess what? Now you just got access to a full pipeline of leads you can call. Even if you get five or 10 percent, that's more than you're going to make at any job that you can find right now. Almost almost guaranteed. Right. There's options out there, guys. You just got to be willing to do the work and not quit when you see opposition. Over here. If you're consistent, you're like Ryan. I mean, you're doing podcasts with Brent Daniel, Daniels. Like that's that's what happens. Like I mean, it's it is insane how all of that like mixes together and becomes success. Just everything, like literally, just all those elements together. Um, like I think you you can't if you're consistent in real estate. If you're consistently doing the right action, I just that's don't impressive. see. Like you either just aren't doing it consistently or you don't have the right action. I can't like it doesn't wrap around my brain personally how you don't just at least stumble into a deal. Uh, I think it's just you know? it's, it's the longevity of what they're able to withhandle, whether it's right. financially, whether it's spouse, whether it's limiting beliefs, whether it's, uh, I don't know, consumer debt. Like there's a bunch of different things that's going to hold people back from succeeding in real estate. I usually refer to those as variables. So as long as you go in with like you started talking about at the beginning of the show is mindset. What I teach people is they have to understand this business and I know it's going to be over 100%. It's 70% mindset, 40% action. So yes, it is going to take over 110% effort to be successful in real estate. I but like if I were to tell you in any stage, in any entrepreneur room, in any job force that you could put in less than 50% effort and make over a million dollars a year and it's all up here the line would be out the door. Everybody in the single planet would want to do this. Right. It's that we don't understand that you need to be able to withhandle what is going to come. It may not be success right away. It may be the comparison. It may be all these things about yourself within that if you could truly tap in and have the self-awareness, those are the people that I think have the crazy success. And you hit it right on that too. It's the making sure that they do the right actions. The amount of people that are consistent, but they're doing the wrong actions or they're consistent with taking learning courses and all these other things. It's analysis paralysis. Right. You have to take action, but consistently and doing the right steps, which is what I refer to as green time. That's the door knocking. That's the cold calling. That's the submitting offers. That's the, the conversations. That's as Brent says, talking to people. Right. I hope somebody wrote every word of that down and then turns it into the world's biggest t-shirt because you need to wear that because it'll change your life. 
just like going all the way just, around just the t-shirt like, like just somebody has to like train of, of wisdom <laughs> it's gonna be more like a robe dude i'll make a i'll make a robe out of it exactly. um, so i wanted to start because i i like going on this show when i realize that because i bet you guys would say this too that you guys maybe like still deal with some mindset issues right I recently thought of one that like I like I was just thinking like on the show and I've thought of like in the past where it's it's may not be like a complete mindset issue in the same way of like it's preventing me from doing something. But it's also one that I feel like you, Ryan, could really talk about that. Like, I feel like you could give some good advice on because you also deal with agents because it's really interesting. I at the point I've gone to the point in my business where like if I've got a deal whatever and it's just not working out even if like it was you know it was so close the buyer had emd i was gonna make 30k or whatever right and it falls through the part that doesn't make me sad is the 30k at all that doesn't mean anything to me it's like whatever next one what yeah. really bothers me a lot and i'm curious how you deal with these situations since you work with agents is how the agent feels about me now. The fact that we had EMD and we removed all contingencies, we were ready to go. And then something happened, even though it wasn't your fault, they usually at least don't see it as much that way. Even like sometimes they see it that way when it's an assignment, I guess it would be like, cause I'm thinking about it now. If I've assigned it and they know I'm assigning it, it's different. I'm thinking more, let's say I like, lock like lock up a property i still have my inspection period but a lot of times the agent just still gets mad at you over that stuff i'm curious if you have any advice for someone who just gets like i just get anxious about how my relationships are affected based on whether like something went wrong with the deal or whether i wasn't able to find a buyer or anything like that that's something that's can, we, can, we, can we cut that rewind and ask that question more concisely thank you <laughs> okay do you want me to do that real quick how do you deal I'll, I'll ask way more concisely how do you deal with anxiety when you might not be able to perform the way that an agent expects you to that's a way yeah, a great question so it's by over communicating and setting expectations accordingly when you're going into these MLS deals, you need to make sure that uh, you are over communicating that what your intention is with the property. Now, I don't walk into the conversation saying, hello, I'm a wholesaler. I have no intention to buy in this property. I'm going to wholesale it out. I'm going to make the difference probably more than your commission. You don't ever say it like that. You're going to say like, hey, look, I am going to buy this property. Now, when you say that, you obviously have to back up what you're saying. You have to have the true backing of a buyer that is going to be willing to either front the EMD or the entire, entire purchase price or even like a hard money lender that's gonna back you that will actually provide the ability to close the transaction. My whole point of this is to have actual ability to buy the property. So you're not going in line. Cause I think a lot of anxiety with the wholesaling with real estate, real estate agents is that you feel like you're trying to hide things from them. You're trying to one up them. You're trying to make sure that they don't do this, this and this so that the deal doesn't fall apart or, oh my gosh, I wanna get to the end of the transaction. I hope that they're not gonna see that assignment, that assignment fee, the seller's not gonna sign, blah, 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 blah. Breathe. Understand if you over communicate and you set expectations accordingly, the last thing the realtor is going to know is like, okay, let's walk through a transaction per se. First off, you're going to go, you're going to submit the offer. I'm going to tell them, look, I have the intention of buying this property. That's my first and foremost. I want to go through this. I need to inspect it with my contractor, my project manager, my designer, might be myself again. Real quick, this is all before you submit an offer. Correct. 
You're just having this whole conversation with every single time you submit an offer. Well, so it depends on the deal. Like we're obviously okay. going to call the agents. The number one issue with agents and phones is that they don't answer it. So if they don't answer it, then we just submit, we send a text saying, Hey, we're calling about your property on 1234 Main Street. Then you at least got it saved. I put their contact information is whatever the address is with their first name. So when they call back, you're not like, Oh, Hey, I'm not in front of my computer right now. What add? Like, you're like, Hey, uh, yeah, your property on Smith Street. Awesome. I, I'm not in front of my computer. Let me pull it back up. Can I call you back as soon as I get home? You sounded professional. You're clean cut. You're good. Move on to the next. Then when you get home, you address it. You call them back. You're building rapport. Everything I do is basically setting expectations. It's to tell them what my intention is with the property. I'm going to flip it. It's a buy and hold. If it's going to be going towards a hedge fund or if it's going to be going to one of my Airbnb buyers that could pay a little bit closer to retail. Other than that, everything we write offers on is something we have the intention of flipping. This is where we go in with the actual buying numbers that make sense for us. The only thing that's different is that we're setting expectations and over communicating, which puts us as a, either a front runner or a solid backup option for them in the transaction. Because then we're able to come in and say, hey, we're expecting you to do this, this, and this. This is the best offer we can do. Or you could represent us at this number or we'll go unrepresented at this number, giving the seller three different options to pick from. Other than that, if they decide to go with us or the other offer, if they don't go with us, the first thing I'm gonna do is call the agent and I'm gonna start just talking to them. Hey, look, I understand, no worries. I, I'm just honestly happy for the seller. It's never like that resentment or, oh, I can't believe you didn't take my offer. It's the, hey, I appreciate it, no worries. Um, just do me a favor. Could you maybe just save my number and the next opportunity that you come across, just give me a shout. I would love for you to represent me. Just make it super easy. It doesn't have to hit the market. Or if you walk into a house and you're like, oh my God, I want to be the guy that you think of. All of this and how I'm rambling right now is how I talk to these realtors. But guess what? I also make sure that I'm setting expectations within myself to them. I'm saying, hey, I'm a completely reasonable buyer. I understand that this market is absolutely fucking hell right now. And I do not expect you to go and give me a deal at 50 cents on the dollar. I'm just looking for at bats. Give me some opportunities and let me throw you some cash offers. And then from there, if we can come across a deal that makes sense for everybody, whether it's with a client that you're representing or if it's with a listing you have or even a colleague you know, let's make a win-win situation. I win, you win. That makes it okay. for them to want to go and actually work together in JV opportunities. That didn't explain wholesaling. It didn't explain double close. It didn't explain anything because you didn't set the expectation of the last thing. Do you guys want to be cutting on wholesale fees? Do you want to be JV, like with the wholesale finder's fees, or do you want commission? I always make sure I, I tell them it's by basis. So whatever they bring to the table, we'll come across that when we get the deal. So when they bring the deal, do you have a listing agreement signed? No? Okay, now I know that there's no commission expectation. Now we're on to JV, wholesale or finder's fee. You'd be surprised how many realtors are good with $2,500 to $5,000 as a finder's fee, and that's all they want. Or, again, you bring them in 50-50, you split the wholesale fee, and you're up. On to the next one. That's how you build the relationship with realtors by setting expectations or communicating. But remember, you do all of that, there is no hard feelings at the end. Things happen. If they were to get all upset with you, the conversation I would have would be like, look, Sally, I, I understand, but am I the first person that's ever canceled on you? I, I messed up. I'm human. I ran my numbers at X, Y, and Z thinking I could sell it here. When it was all said and done, my renovation costs, I ran it here. I exceeded. I messed up. And let me tell you, this is why I have a team. This is why I have a contractor. And I'm sorry, but is this not why I have an inspection period? We can either renegotiate or cancel the contract, which one we're going to do. And then if they really don't like you, my man, that's not a realtor you're going to work with again anyway. So 55,000 other ones are in Phoenix. I'm on to the next one. How I ran yep. is the over setting expectations, but it's that simple. Don't have anxiety. You're going to make mistakes. It's going to happen regardless if it's direct to seller or agents. Loved it. I loved every moment of that.
Yeah, look, that's a philosophy I live my life my life by, which is over communicate, right? Uh, it's it's it just it's just saves so many issues, right? But secondarily, the 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 way that you communicated that with the with the the agents in this situation, that's a great sales tactic. That's something I teach in sales training. Have the real conversation. It's gonna come up. Right. Avoiding it because you don't want to have the awkward conversation just makes it more awkward when it comes up. Right. Just get it out. The elephant's in the room. Let's just talk about it now. Right. Because if we can overcome this, then we're going to work fine together. If not, I don't want to go go down that road for the next three to six months or weeks or whatever. Anyways, like let's just save each other time. It'll save so much stress in life. I don't know how many people talk to sellers and probably agents thinking there's something there that's really not there. That's never going to materialize if you would have just had a real conversation. For sure. I love that. That's what you said. I mean, dude, there's so many realtors. There's so many. There are just so many ridiculous. The most important thing, and this is where I think most people struggle and they have limiting beliefs with these on-market deals and realtors, they feel like they have to hide things. Realtors are the best bird dogs. They're the best JV partners because guess what? They're not going to send you a property with the ARV off by 100K. They know what it's going to be worth. Now you just got to talk numbers. You got to talk what's fair. And I'm sorry for making 40K and then making five. Help them out. Incentivize them to want to do it again. Monique Walker that works really closely with Jamil, $1.8 million last year. JVing just 50-50. That is one freaking agent. That's insane. One. What happens if you have like two of those? Or I'm sorry, you have half of one of those. Let me do the math. That's uh, $3 million, $3.2 million. <laughs> It is so mind blowing to me of like what is out there. And I think this is why I'm so passionate about the agents and on-market deals. We talked briefly about how you guys would recommend Astro or sub two shit. I would recommend not even investing into a course. I didn't recommend investing into themselves and their time of Mm. just, Hey, pour into action, not money out. Go get a deal where you JV it and you learn something about the process. So you're not just brand, brand new. Add that with YouTube University and making one relationship with an agent that gets you an opportunity. You'll get cut. Here's 1500 bucks. Here's 2500 Now you've got some money. Now do it again. You've got proof of concept. Now you take that money. Now you invest it into yourself. Now you invest into Astro for being sub two, maybe my course, but like whatever that next Definitely step is. Definitely your course. Definitely you your course. Those, and then by that point, that's when the cheat sheet happens. But also what I'm hoping by when you've gone through and you've gotten the proof of concept, you probably got a little bit more of self-awareness and identity where you may be like, shit, dude, I suck on the phones and I can't think about negotiating. Maybe I'm not a sub two student. Hey man, I, I think wholesaling is super cool and it's great, but I understand the basics and how to do it. I want to take it to the next level. I want to go to sub two now. Okay. Hey, I want to focus on just working with agents and really double down on that method. Now my course makes sense. Rather than trying all these different menus, pick your lane. And that goes back to the so so true it's so true like that's all of it bro i mean the focus is i think i think i read like this whole and i didn't read it i like watched a youtube video where it was like i think it was like warren buffett and bill gates they said like if you had to do one word on how to become successful what is it and it's focus like it everything i just i don't know if i can add on anything more to that that was like perfect like just just focus on the right things and it's inevitable Look, here's the reality, guys. I said this before, right? This, what what he just said, right? This entire podcast, this is why the game's about to change. Because we have people like this at the helm, right? And this is the theme and the standard that's being set. And everybody who's coming behind 
um, and joining on to this thing is going to have to meet this standard or they're just going to get plowed over, right? Because there's so much opportunity here. Here's the cool thing, guys. If you just try, the bottom 10% of consistent deal closers in this industry make more than probably the great majority of the population. And that's not an exaggeration, right? Like, it's just a fact. You can make one deal and replace your entire annual income or more than double it. It's just a fact. Um, but imagine, imagine if you're not content with the bottom 10%. Imagine if you take the advice of some of these podcasts that you listen to. Imagine if you say, you know what? I'm going to go all out for like 30 days and just pardon my language, balls to the wall or whatever else to the wall. Um, and I'm just going to do this. Let's just see what happens, right? Wor worst case scenario, I'm exactly where I was 30 days ago. Best case scenario, I've changed my life and the life of my, my children's children. What do you have to lose? Just play all out. Go all in and take the advice of the people that are out here doing this every single day. Nobody, to my knowledge, gave uh, Ryan a Ferrari, a private jet, and a boatload of money to start his business, carte blanche, right? He had to work for where he got right now. Now he can afford to go buy all those things, right? Um, but in instead, he's just going to make it an NFT. You know what I mean? But guys, we can do it. You got the resources. You know what I mean? Just take action and make sure, like Ryan said, it's the right action. Love it. So, all right. Usually I cut this off in an hour. So we're at, out. We're about at that time. So I'm going to leave it first. So Ryan, how do the people meet you? How do you want them to connect to you? What, how do we, how do we tell them about the course? How do we, like, what do I, what do I put in the side chat? So people yeah. get more of your dopeness. So my social media is just my first and last name at Ryan Zolan. Uh, as for the course, it is agentinvestors.com. And uh, yeah, they can just go there. We've got like a little bit of a raffle going on right now. We're going to be announcing it over at the uh, meetup next month, April 5th. And we're giving away one free course and one free NFT to uh, somebody at the event. I love it. So, All right, my guys. Also, I'll put yours in too, Daniel, just because I need, I need to, Daniel, do you have a YouTube course or a, a YouTube, a YouTube channel? I need to make one. I, I'm yeah, going to make one. You need to make I'll one because we're, we're going to make one and it'll you, just be my name. If you keep coming on and this becomes a permanent thing, you gotta, we gotta, we gotta figure that out. I think but, so. Um, so Ryan, I gotta ask you, man. No, don't say it out loud. I'm just gonna say this. I'm just gonna put this into. Ryan was in like three podcasts today, right? Because he's that guy, and he was awesome. And I knew this. I knew this from the beginning. Right? I didn't want to say it out loud, but I'm gonna say it right now, anyways. Ryan is officially confirmed, non-verbally, right, that this was his favorite podcast of the day. So just so you guys know, <laughs> when you watch this, it was between us, Brent Daniels, and whoever else. And we won, but we're doing it gracefully, right? Yeah, 100%. Because, yeah, we're doing it gracefully. They're amazing people. They're just, you know, right? So I just wanted to throw that out there for everybody who's watching. Make sure you like Jonah's channel. I don't even have a channel yet to like, right? So you got to make sure you like Jonah's channel uh, because this is all for him. And then, of course, join Ryan's thing. Me and uh, Jonah are going to joint venture and we're going to take down one of his NFTs subject to. And oh, that way we get the invite. Gonna, it's going to get crazy, dude. We're about to do innovation. It's going to be insane. We're going to be out there with bathrobes and bald, shiny heads. It's going to be insane. It's going to be insane. I love it. Guys, that was probably the sickest episode because I got two beasts on for the price of one. Thank you guys so much. Everybody who's watching, always 5 p.m. PST on Thursdays. We're going to keep getting dope amounts of people in here. It's going to be amazing. Scorch the Fears, episode 15, signing out.